Hey there, Teacher Mama. Welcome to episode 99 of the Teacher Mama's podcast. Before I get started here, uh, just real quick, I am recording this outside, so you just might hear some birds chirping, and I hope that if you do, it brings you joy, just like it is bringing me joy right now to hear those that beautiful bird song. So today, we are chatting with parenting coach and teacher advocate, Travis Greenlee, and to hear more about Travis's story and how he started uh, parent sidekick. I want you to go back to episode 70. We chatted with him in episode 70 and so many great things came out of that episode. But one of the ideas that came out of episode 70 that I still really resonate with and I still ponder over and think about is this idea that parenting is a verb. It's not, it's an action, right? It's not our identity. And after that conversation that we had for episode 70, I really changed my own mindset of parenting being an identity to a parenting practice. So an identity is so stationary, right? It just is. But a practice is ever-changing and it's adaptable. And I just, thinking about parenting in that way lifts this huge weight off of my shoulders and brings me hope. So either before listening to today's episode or as soon as you're finished, I highly suggest going back and listening to our first conversation with Travis on episode 70. Today, though, today's topic is around parenting partnerships and how often parents aren't on the same page with parenting styles or practices so what can we do? Travis has some really great tips, some that I will be using myself, some that I've already tried uh, since this conversation. And this is honestly an episode that I will go back to a few times myself, just as a reminder, because parenting and parenting partnerships isn't something that, you know, is you learn it and you're good <laughs> forever. It's It's also constantly evolving and um, we can be growing these partnerships and something inevitably will come up that'll, um, you know, we'll we'll have conflict or need to have conversation. And Travis has so many great ideas in this episode about how to have those conversations in a respectful way. So in just a moment, we'll dive into that, into this conversation that I just, I know you're going to love. Before that, though, I just want to pause and ask you to pretty please go rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can do this on your computer or on your phone, on the app. And all you have to do is go to our main podcast page, Teacher Mama's Podcast, scroll all the way down to the bottom, hit the five stars and leave a one to two sentence review. This is honestly the number one way to help our podcast grow, to help other teacher mamas find our podcast, the more ratings and reviews, the more our episodes and our podcast shows up in the podcast search engine. So if you want to thank us for this episode and for our podcast in general, this is, this is really the number one, number one way to do it, right? Go, go rate and review our podcast and we would be so incredibly grateful. So let's dive into the episode, shall we? 
Hello, Travis. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teacher Moms podcast. Welcome again to episode 99. We're excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Roberta and Ashley. Thank you so much for having me back. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we told our listeners a little bit about you um, in our intro and are having them go back and listen to episode 70 if they haven't already. Um, so we're just going to jump in today. And we're, we're going to have a conversation, everybody, about kind of equitable parenting. And what is that even like? What do we mean when we say that? How can we have conversations about that? Because I think a lot of times when we have partnerships in, in our parenting, it can feel unequal a lot of times. And, and then we can carry this resentment if we're the one that we feel like has um, more of the workload or more of the parenting, right? So it's like, how do we have that conversation so that we aren't resentful and just have a better relationship, right, overall? So um, Travis, let's just start this broadly. Like how how can we have those conversations around equitable parenting? Well, first of all, uh, you know, I mean, it, as, as we probably spend time at my frame when I'm work, getting a chance to work with families and parents, one of the reasons why I've like leaned into this work is because a lot of it is a reflection of my own classroom, the conversations I have in the classroom, the way we think about ourselves and we treat one another and we treat the environment around us. And so something that, that a lot of us as educators have, have talked about with our students is fair is not necessarily always equal. And when we're having like equitable relationships, we really need to think a little bit carefully about that. Everyone's coming to the table with a different superpower. Everyone's coming to the table with a lack of a certain understanding. And it's how we show up to the table that matters. There are things that, you know, we have those things. We have those, we have those abilities. We have those deficits, play, areas for learning, challenges for learning. But it's how we show up with those things that really, really matters, especially when it comes to other people that we need to work with. And so for parents, this frame is really, really great because when we really think about what's equ equitable and we think about parenting, there are very few realms of being that I have come to know um, other than parenting that are so sacred and sensitive. Um, and we have... We have something that happens to us where we, you know, we want we want so badly to do it right. We want so badly to have all of the answers. We want so badly to have saved all of the right Instagram posts. We want so badly to have read all of the possible books. And I mean, I love teaching reading to, to kids. I love to read and I'm such a slow reader. And it was so frustrating when I became a parent too, because it was like, oh my gosh, all these books that I would love to read. And <laughs> we, put, we put this pressure on ourselves and we put a lot of pressure on how we think we look to other parents, to other teachers. We think we're supposed to be doing something else. We think we're supposed to sound a certain way. We're supposed to have certain toys. We're supposed to have read certain books. We're supposed to use the certain languaging. And the truth of it all is just showing up is number one. And we're showing up for our child and we need to show up for those others those other caregivers, those other people who are part of the same sport, who are part of the same team with you, because parenting is a team sport. And I, at Parent Psychic, we talk about parenting as the verb. And it's, it's not necessarily the person. 
And mm -hmm. if you have grandparents that are part of the village that you built around your child, they are parenting. If you have mm -hmm. a neighbor or if you have another teacher or if you have uh, a nanny or if you have um, uh, uh, your, your, your child's your child's best friend's parent. And when they go to their house and those expectations and those, that environment, that trusted environment, those trusted adults are a part of that village too. It is a team sport. And we're, I'm so psyched to get into this too, because in building the village, there, there, there should be, I believe, an intention around it because we really, really do need to not only think about what adults are around our, our children or a child, but who also is there to support us. Mm -hmm. And that goes to your immediate partner in the home, if you have a partner in the home, but your partnerships drift way, way, way beyond that. And they can be just as sacred as the partnership and the relationship you have with your own child. So in order to have this be equitable, you need to show up in the same way. Since everyone is bringing something different to the table, it, is, it, 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 can, make, it can make you feel anxious as a parent overly responsible for having to parent all of these other people. I hear so much from my clients like, yeah, I've got two kids. I've got my child and I've got my husband. And, <laughs> and that, that, that concept really, you know, while it could be funny at first, it's, it really, really does bother me too, because I think mm -hmm. it also speaks to this team dynamic and what's going on. Um, and what's, you know, what, how are these members of this team sport working together? Right. And so uh, a couple, I have, I have like five main things that I think really come into play for approaching equitable partnerships and equitable parenting. Uh, the first thing is, is communication. I've alluded to each of these already, but the first thing is communication. It's absolutely key. And a lot of us, you know, don't, don't necessarily know how to communicate well with everyone. We're communicating with a child is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's art form. We were just talking about art forms. It's a total art form being able to communicate with your child and they're going through different stages of development and you need, to, you need to adjust, you need to change, you need to modify, you need to grow with your child. And the same thing goes for anyone else who's going through this experience. Parenting is a team sport. It's a magnificent and deeply challenging endeavor. And the more support and help you have the better growth that you can experience and you also have an opportunity to show up for those other people as well um so in this communication we're not mind readers even with your partner as much as close as well as you think you know your partner and partners around your child when it comes to parenting a lot of that goes out the, out the window because our minds start filling up with other needs and other things. And sometimes we just forget, we forget to even take care of ourselves off most of the time. Mm -hmm. So communication almost has to be emphatic. You need to, and at first it's going to be static. You need to just check in. You have to check in. You need to see how people are feeling. You need to talk about what's going on. You need to uh, allow them to be at liberty to share how they're feeling, how things are going, what's going well, what could have been better. And you also need to use that same frame for yourself. It is a lot easier to grow when you have another sounding board, when you have a partner in crime. That happens only with communication. You can't read the minds of the other adults around your child. So you actually, you have to talk. Mm -hmm. 
And I would just add something. In, yeah, I would add something in here too. It, like I talk a lot about modeling. If you can, depending upon what you're talking with the this other adult or these other adults about to communicate to the best of your ability, have it be around or in front of your child. Let them see this because they see the team happening. Oh my gosh, I know that my grandfather and my mom are a team on this. They're on the same page. And what it's doing is it's conveying, number one, how important communication is and being on the same page is for your child. And they're also, by knowing that the team around them is um, in sync, even if they don't agree, they're talking and they're in sync, that gives a child a better sense of what to expect and an environment in which to exist. You don't have a child playing one parent off of the other or one adult off of the other. So the more you can yeah. model in their presence when you feel it's appropriate, go for it. So that's the first one. Roberta, I feel like I yeah. cut you off. Oh, no, it's fine. I just, I was thinking too, it's so good to check in. And I feel like I'm having an epiphany here as a parent myself, but it's like my husband and I had these conversations about how we wanted to parent before we had kids, hmm. right? Yeah. And then you have the kids and I feel both of us over time and we've had some conversations, but having a more regular check-in would be so good because I think we both find ourselves subconsciously like reverting to parenting that we both had growing up instead of what we've agreed we want to do moving forward. Yeah. And having those conversations and those check-ins um, without judgment would be so helpful for myself, I think. <laughs> but um, that so that just made me think of that, like having those check-ins and, and realizing, I think we had more conversations about parenting before we actually had the, ch the children to parent. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I kind mean, of a, a funny thing to think and, about. And, and, yeah. and, and even if things all kind of seem like they go out the window and yeah. are totally different than our expectations, that that conversation that the two of you had is a beautiful thing. I'm really happy to hear that because preparation, preparing the space, preparing the environment mm -hmm. and what it takes, that takes not just like the physical environment, but like, how are you going to show up in that environment? What are your intentions? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you'll, sometimes partners will find out they've never really talked about the parenting thing. So right. if you have an opportunity to talk about the parenting thing before your parenting, you you might find up and dig up some things that you can work on prior to that happening. Because when mm -hmm. it happens, yes, a lot of strategies, books that you've read, things that you have heard, movies that you should watch, toys that you should should buy, they they kind of just like start to be in this sort of like cloud that you can't really make a whole lot of sense of. You are in a cloud yourself, but that foundation of trust, open communication is established. For a lot of for a lot of partners though, they don't actually get to do that. And if mm -hmm. it's a partner that's outside of the home in the village, obviously you, it's not likely that you were talking to your trusted neighbor about how to parent your upcoming child ahead right. of time, or even your own parents. If there are grandparents or aunts or uncles that are in the picture, you probably haven't had that. Usually you've gotten, are you ready? Oh man. <laughs> You know, and then and then that kind of projection, we'll get into projection later on, but that kind of projection can actually hinder us. It can put the fear into us. We can feel uncertain. 
-hmm. And that kind of energy is what by communicating, by actually having conversations and making sure that you're checking in regularly, you can avoid those things because you can also talk about how they make you feel as well. Go ahead, Ashley. I am just wondering. So, oh, okay. So speaking of people outside the home, um, for maybe some listeners or maybe myself, um, (laughs) maybe you have not gotten along with like certain family members and um, they've maybe tried to parent your child in a way that you don't agree with. How do you, how do you suggest somebody handles that sort of situation? Well, I'd be, I'd be curious to know how you would have, have your students do have courageous conversations in the classroom (laughs) because that's a (laughs) courageous conversation. And it's (laughs) a lot harder when we're adults because we have so much in place. And the point of this conversation is that Parenting isn't what we've been doing all along. (laughs) It becomes this new thing and we try to fuse it with what we think we know. Sometimes we revert back to what we've been shown when we were growing up, even though we knew in our child bodies and minds and hearts that it didn't feel right. It wasn't the right thing, what mom and dad were doing or how they were talking to me or how they were treating me. And we default to those things. So there's also mm-hmm. that baggage that can come in, come into play. And whether it's with your own folks, your own family, or your partner's family, which sometimes there are a lot of extra barriers there that you need to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second, I was just yeah. more so thinking like people who are not very good at communicating back at like with you, like you're maybe trying to have the conversation, but they aren't listening or they're not. I mean, I know what my answer is, but I'm just, I just want to like curious to hear what, what you would say. Like they're not listening. They maybe are yelling at your child and um, you don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. So when you boil it down, if it's really not a conversation, it's not an A to B conversation, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're trying to engage, but someone else won't have it and they won't move. Uh, they won't move in what they're doing. They really feel strongly in what they're doing. Um, a lot of disarming really works. A lot of redirection works. And so one thing and uh, that I really wanted to talk about too is um, affirming, you know? And so if you have somebody that is feeling threatened by this conversation, whoever they are, like, oh, you're, you're always right. You got to be right. You know, whatever defensive tactics or words they're going to use in, in order to have you back off and leave them alone and understand that what they're doing is sacred and preserved and always right. Um, pay close attention to what they're doing. And if there's something that you didn't like, see if there's something that you can appreciate. See if there's something that you can appreciate. Because when walls are up, they're only going to get bigger. They're only going to get bigger. And sometimes it's in the words we say, but to an example that you were, you were just giving, sometimes, I mean, this, this other person that you're about to have a conversation with can probably see it coming a long way off. They can feel that conversation that's going to happen and they just don't want to have it. So they're already building up their defenses. So a big part of this conversation isn't just, you should have done this better. I didn't like that you do that. You made me feel bad. When I, when I saw that happening, like that is a piece of it, but it's also acknowledgement that someone is giving effort, that someone tried, that someone tried 
tried something different, change. I mean, for any of us to really, really embrace that, especially if we're talking about caregivers around our child's life that are older, to acknowledge that they're experiencing or trying anything that is different, that is a wonderful reinforcement, just like we would do with the kids. Same thing. And what it does is you're also modeling for them that they can do that for you. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. And it's more likely, in my experience, to open up tolerance, to open up a willingness to be messy, which is the second thing I wanted to talk about, and a willingness to be wrong. You can also call yourself out. If you can hold yourself accountable. Hey, hey mom, I know that um, you would have done this differently. Um, and I, I've, I was just trying something. And I don't think I made the right decision. Um, or thanks for, dad, thank you so much for your suggestion. You know, you were right. Um, my child actually did like that. I think that there's something there. And it was re making me remember when I was a kid, you know, things like that where you can, you could, affirmation can really bring the conversation to a very interesting place. And it can really bring you closer together with the person that you're trying to battle it out with. You know, it really does feel like a battleground situation. So the, as much as we can reduce that to feeling more like a loving and open environment in the same way that we're trying to do it for kids, we're modeling it for our other partners in crime that are part of this team. Um, even for those who are just resolute, it helps. It helps. And one other thing I would say too, especially if it's like grandparents, if there are two other people, try to have one bear witness to your conversation with the other, right? Because then they're also a team. And then they're also seeing how you're having a conversation with them. You know, then everyone's kind of like on the same page there. They're learning how to talk to you, how to listen better. And also they can transfer those tools to the kid. All of a sudden they're using the tools that you're using with them, with your child. Mm -hmm. So that's one recommendation I would, I would definitely offer. Um, and it's yeah. certainly not clean and it's okay. certainly not clear. Yeah, definitely work for your partner in the home too. If you're not on the same page and you're constantly butting heads, <laughs> it's all a practice. Yeah. Everything I think is it's a practice. easy. Yeah, and I think in those situations, it's so easy to always focus only on the negative. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it, so yeah. by doing Especially, that, kind of, it made me think of what is that called the the something sandwich, right? Oh. Where you have like <laughs> a compliment and then a yeah whatever suggestion and then another compliment yeah compliment i can't remember yeah. what that's called it sounds like but. balance to me it sounds mm -hmm. like bringing bringing a sense of balance to the conversation i i, I think it's it's really important and and ashley i do want to i do want to make sure that i i do say it's, it's important that you're heard you know support if we're really going to be supportive if we're really going to ask of others for support in this thing that we're doing together Honesty and being able to voice your concerns, being able to voice um, your own questions is really, really key to hold one another accountable. It's really hard and it's really messy, but I can always, I can, I can guarantee that the more we practice it, the more we can be consistent, the more growth we stand to see from that. And so like mm -hmm. the second, the second thing that I was going to mention in this, uh, you know, we, so we have this communication piece and just letting it be messy, 
letting it be messy. You've never done this before. They've never done this before with you, or even if they have with another child that you have, every child is completely different. So the approach is going to be different. You're kind of going through it again. Um, so, um, I would say that the, and I love, I love this reference to this book and I know we'll talk about it later, but I would say that the big magic of this in, in letting it be messy, the big magic is that no parent has ever been you and no child has ever been your child. So, um, no one knows them better than you do. Listen to your intuition. And it doesn't mean that you know everything and everyone's got to listen to you. It means you're a teacher. It means that you have something to offer. And you also have the power to welcome in other ideas. Mm -hmm. even, if, even if they're so different, even if they're mm -hmm. so different. Um, and the practice is not perfection. It's not, it's the goal is just iterating. It's just getting a little bit better every time. And it's a patience game that's really, really challenging. Um, and it can, it can stand to get easier um, as those, 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 uh, points of trust with different members of the, the of the village happen they deepen um but if you want space you got to be able to give them space as well support this kind of support manifests con confidence so something that i default to similar to what i was saying before to your to the, your question ashley is when in doubt i show support i show support and I want to model support. So using supportive words, supportive language, um, acknowledging someone else for something specific. Um, when Bonnie and I became parents, we, uh, she had suggested this thing, which I thought was, it's so simple and, and it's just so awesome. Um, because no matter what kind of a day that we have, at the time when you're going to bed and you're carrying the weight of all the day and you're exhausted and you're still, you know, for us, we're still like, let's for the baby is the baby actually going to sleep or not but taking a moment and just uh, just uh, doing appreciations and just something basic i appreciate you for today just one thing and uh, my shoulders drop i just i suddenly sink into the bed a little bit more i sleep a little bit more soundly and it's you know there's when in in marriage there's this age-old piece of advice which is don't go to bed angry um, and this works in a similar way, but it's not just not going to bed angry. It's uplifting one another just a little bit at the end, mm -hmm. at the very end. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that that's uh, really helpful. And if, if it's, if you're not going sleeping in the same bed next to some, this person who's in the, in the village that we're talking about at the end of the day, when you leave one another, and by the way, I just want to say, I appreciate you for, or I appreciate you because or I appreciate you for this thing that you did today. Um, no matter how small it is, it makes all the difference. Um, mm -hmm. The last thing I'm gonna add is, I always encourage parents to have a growth mindset. It's something that we talk to children about, the willingness, almost leaning into, having fun with making mistakes and learning from them, and being wrong being able to embrace being wrong, being able to call yourself out to yourself when you're wrong and also to someone else. Like, listen, I, 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 I tried this thing or I'm sorry the way that we were speaking before or I watched you with her child and I realized that I'm wrong. I was wrong and that's okay because by, shout, by, by naming it, 
just like you need to support your child in naming their emotions. You need to support your child in naming their behaviors, in naming what happened. Not just you're sorry, but I'm sorry because. Really being clear on it. If you can say it aloud to yourself in the mirror, start there. But if you could say it aloud to someone else, it brings the team closer. For sure. It really does. That is a really hard thing to do as a parent <laughs> admitting to my husband is different or to the kids is different, but to somebody outside of our home is that is super hard. <laughs> and I, what I would, I, and listen, my, uh, none of this is easy. That's why we're having this conversation, right? I mm -hmm. mean, this is, this is how do we lean into this challenge? How do we do it with dignity? How do we do it with love? How do we do it with a growth mindset, a willingness to grow? How can I actually, how can this whole experience help me to be a better human being? Mm -hmm. We talk about being, I can be a good parent. I can be a good partner. I can be a good professional. But how can I be a better human being? Being a parent stands to have the juice for that, to help you be a much better human being. And it's because it's so challenging that it has the juice for it. It's really how we show up for it, how we grow from it. Um, and sometimes, by the way, the admitting you're wrong or the accountability, it might not be in the same day. It's not in real time. It may be down way <laughs> down the road. It could be a whole month later. And you say to this person, you know, a month ago, you really wanted to take my child to the carnival. And I let you, but I was so mad. And I let you know about it. And I said, you know, that they don't need to go to a carnival or whatever I said. But, you know, the truth was that I wanted to take them to the carnival. And it's just taken me some time to realize that. I wanted to be the person to do that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get to be that person. You got to be the superhero for the day. And that was hard on me. And I also realize, whether you say this or not, I also realize that... Um, it's really important that there are many heroes in my child's life. It's really important that there's a diversity of human being and that's diversity is something I really would love to dip into a little bit more. The diversity of your village is what makes it so magical. So being able to call that out or just say, you know, I, I wish you hadn't done that, but um, you know, my son actually had a great time. And in the end, that's really what matters. And what matters is your a relationship that you're building with them. So a month later, a day later, that night, whatever it is, it's never old. It's never too late to hold yourself accountable, to offer somebody else affirmation. It's never too late. And when it comes to raising a child collectively, that is an energy that is really, really key to being a part of the team having the team support you and giving back to the team. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have a lot of work to do, all of us. <laughs> I'm calling myself out here. Um, yeah, um, I think a lot of like why it's so hard is just because of the way that a lot of us grew up is like, that's not how we grew up. Yeah. <laughs> So trying to put those things into place now is 
hard, just like any bad habit that you're trying to break or reform or whatever. Yeah, I think, yeah, go ahead. I think that's part of why I love Travis that you mentioned that when at all possible and appropriate to have these conversations in front of our kids because of what you just said, Ashley, like we weren't, when most of us, our generation, we grew up and our parents had these conversations behind closed doors or sometimes very loudly behind closed doors, but it was not modeled. So that's definitely part of, of figuring it out now is not having that modeled for us. And by being able to model it for our kids, we're helping this next generation, which is such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was mentioning before oh. that, this idea, oh, sorry, just, just really oh, just one point, just, you know, just being intentional about your village. Mm-hmm. I, I always use this name. I'm clearly from the Bronx, but, um, you know, sometimes Uncle Joey is not the right person <laughs> in your village. Mm-hmm. Uncle Joey is part of the family. But ha- when Uncle Joey is around, it's difficult for Uncle Joey to hold a wholesome space. Uncle Joey's behaviors or whatever it is um, don't work for you, for your child. Uncle Joey's very, very far from being open to any conversations. Um, And so that's why, you know, your neighbor, your next door neighbor um, might actually be a more wholesome person. And so while we're talking about equitable relationships, it's also very, very important for you. It's not really a matter of like, you don't know how to parent at all, and only I do. It comes down to a foundation of expectations. We're looking for love. We're looking for a safe environment, um, and where a, ch- a child can where a, ch- a child can be safe, and they can learn from someone else. But it's not worth it if you have someone in your village who no matter what is always putting your child in an unsafe, emotionally unsafe, physically unsafe environment. Because that's not just, that's not bad parenting. That is um, carelessness. And we don't need careless Mm -hmm. adults. We can welcome diversity of ideas, diversity of background. All of us were raised by someone else. So to your point, right? We were all raised by someone else. Even we could think about that as, as the grandparents. People look at us as teachers and we think that we, they think that we have it all figured out, but we were all (laughs) raised by someone Mm -hmm. and there's, everyone's got the baggage of that. I mean, there are times in which we think that something that our parents did for us was wholesome and wonderful. And as we grow older, we're like, holy cow, that was actually, I can't believe I used to think that that was good. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I used to believe that that was thoughtful. I can't believe. You know, I mean, I can't believe that I used to think that that joke was funny. And it's really, really important to have that kind of reflection because we do default to what we've experienced. If we can't find the book, if we don't know, if all of a sudden there's a disciplinary moment. And that's when we really, really find out. No matter what we've read, no matter what we've trained for, no matter what we do in the classroom, when it comes to a moment like that, in the moment, what do we do? We it's revert really back. We revert back unless we take a really deep breath. Mm-hmm. Because like I was saying before, there's never been a kid like yours. There's never been a parent like you. 
No one has ever had the connection with your child the way that you do. No one knows it better than you do. What to do. If you take a deep breath, you can know what to do, even if it's different than the, what your parents did for you. Mm -hmm. But we feel rushed. We feel pushed. We feel scared. We feel challenged. Those walls go up, you know, and, and whatever, whatever we do in that moment, you know, it, it really does matter and it's okay to be wrong, but we've got to see it as an opportunity to do something maybe different next time. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. You mentioned rushed. Um, like we were just coming back from vacation and I always just feel like such a better parent when we're on vacation or when we're relaxing, um, instead of when we're trying to get out the door, when we're running from here to there and we're packing for another thing. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, um, for me, I especially noticed this time around, like I am so much more patient and, um, loving when we're on vacation not just because we're on vacation and we're having fun but it's because we're slowing down and I am allowed to breathe a little bit and um like just you know be and take into consideration um what all is going on around me instead of just like the situation like right in front of me and I can just like take a deep breath and pause and um yeah it just it's it's it was a real awakening this time around and I just that's why I love summer so much because I know a <laughs> lot of parents are rushing around even more but for teachers it's our time to just kind of like huh <laughs> So, well, yeah. I, on that note too, I want to make sure I say happy summer solstice to you. Uh, first day oh, of yes. summer yesterday. It's great. And, and yes, you're right. And whether it's summer as it is, but I mean, it, it sounds like Ashley, what you just did for yourself and your family was you chose wisely, whatever the experience that you had together, wherever you went, you chose wisely. And when we have, when we give ourselves rest, respite, when we find retreat, choosing what, cho the way we choose that is really, really important. For some people, they love going to Disney World. For me, that's a coronary. You know, so like, and I actually think it's mostly a coronary for most parents, but there's something yeah. about it. Like, you just got to do it. And not just mm -hmm. once, you got to do it, you know, like, you got to do it a lot. I have, I've, I've got some friends who go bar none every single year oh my to Disneyland. And it's a thing for them. It's a thing for them and they always come back. And when I talk to my friend, he's breathing differently and not in the right way. Yeah. yeah so, I bet. You need a vacation when going? you come back from your vacation. Absolutely. And so yeah. when you seek rest, it warrants evaluation before you go. So it sounds like you chose really wisely, Ashley, whatever that was, because if you can find that moment for yourself where you actually feel rested where your mind clears, where you're starting to notice things a little bit differently, whether it's about you or your child's behaviors or everyone's shoulders drop just a little bit. You, you can take mm -hmm. advantage of that. You can feel this sense of being more loving. You notice and you notice it in yourself. Call it out to your kids. You know, I'm feeling so much more rested. This is so wonderful to be with you when I feel so much more rested. 
how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, or if you notice something that your, your child says or does that really reflects that sense of rest or retreat while you're away on vacation, call it Mm -hmm. out. Because mm-hmm. what goes on, we get into this loop of like good behavior, bad behavior, good behavior, bad behavior. You're doing the, you're doing what's expected. You're not doing what's expected. How do I have more time for myself? How do I have more time for myself? And so if you are finding those moments of rest and release, notice them, acknowledge them, call them out if you can. If you acknowledge, if you see them in someone else, make sure you say them because what you're doing is you're creating these connections that bring value to that. So that your child is going to want to experience that again. And, Mm -hmm. and this is what it takes in order to experience that. I think it's really, really, I think vacation is wonderful. I think we, as a society, we put so much on vacation. We got to go big because Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen often enough. And I would encourage families to revisit this idea of 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 retreat and rest and respite on your own I'm and, usually, and to get and together i'm the one that has to bring my husband down because that would be him the entire time is go 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 and i told him this time i was like we need to add in an extra like just cabin rest day because <laughs> uh he is just like uh we gotta do all the things and yeah. i'm like no we just need to we just need to be calm and, and just, you know, just be calm. <laughs> we don't have to rush around everywhere all the time. I, I think that's wonderful. Kudos to you for, for saying that out loud in whatever way that you did say that. Yeah. It's, it's communication, right? Even though you might mm-hmm. have a sense of how he may or may not respond, but knowing what he needs and what you need, just like what your child may need is a really important piece when looking at vacation. Oh, we go to the lake every year because we just go to the lake. You mm-hmm. know, we go see your grandparents every year because we just go see them and we need to go see them and you need to see papa and mama. You know, you have to do that. Like the energy behind when you really look for rest is really important. And so if your mm-hmm. husband needs the go, 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 you know, that is, that is meeting something that he needs personally. So there could mm-hmm. be an opportunity for that. But how can there also be an acknowledged opportunity for the calm, for the rest, for the slowdown? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, it's, it's really, it's the art of the vacation. I mean, it's really, it really is an art form and warrants, I think, close looking at because we look at destinations. But it's like, how can we, I don't know, just spend more time in the park down the street? And maybe it's mm-hmm. what we're doing in the park that needs to change. Um, and I think it, it warrants a reevaluation because like you, families deserve to have that perspective when they mm-hmm. take time away together or separately. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It's fuel. Absolutely. You know? And you need it to last as long as possible. <laughs> and yeah. if you could do it as often as possible, then you keep the tanks, the tanks full, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just that one time a year big vacation. How can we schedule it into our day, our week, our month? I think the one-offs are more detrimental than they are helpful because we yeah. put all if the eggs in one basket. If it's too short, 
that's the great thing about both of us being teachers is we can lengthen it out for yeah. as long as we need to. But I know yeah. not everybody has that opportunity. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <clears throat> hey, Teacher Mama. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and leave a, leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It lights us up to know this podcast is helping you. And also share this with a friend who might need it today. Okay, time to go spend all that extra time we have with our family. No more stressing out over schoolwork that didn't get done just with contract. We'll meet you back here in a couple of days for another episode. Bye.